Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 261. Let's go ahead and jump right in. This is the wrap-up of the Coloring Book miniseries, probably the shortest miniseries that I'm going to do. But uh, So let's go ahead and dive right in part one. I just want to recap what we've covered over this month when it comes to creating your coloring book. And if you're new to this miniseries, if this is the first episode you're jumping in on, just, uh, just to let you know, so this year... I am doing mini series on different topics, and this month we've covered creating your own coloring book. So I'm going to direct you back to episode 257. Episode 257 is where I talk about finding a niche and a topic for your coloring book, going through some of the brainstorming that you may want to uh, do to pick a topic that really speaks to you, pick a niche. Episode 258, this is where I get into design and illustration tips, including finding and hiring a freelance artist to do your artwork. And I talked about this a lot on episode 258. For corporate cliches, we hired a great artist off of Upwork. So I talk about that process, uh, vetting uh, candidates uh, and artists, as well as uh, working with them. In episode 259, I talk about ordering proof copies, and my one big tip is order some extra proof copies and have at least one or two people test out your book. I mean, usability is a big factor with a coloring book, and uh, I also walk you through the self-publishing process using KDP. Now, there are a lot of other self-publishing platforms, including one that comes to mind, IngramSpark, which is great for visual books. They do a lot of children's books, coloring books. So do some research and find a self-publishing platform that's a good fit for your book if you decide you don't want to go with KDP. The one uh, caveat, uh, as I talked about on that episode, is that when you publish a, a coloring book, for the most part, it's going to be paperback, and you're not going to be publishing, or at least I don't think you're going to really want to publish a coloring book in Kindle or ebook unless you're using a platform that has interactive features. So there may be uh, platforms out there where you can have a virtual coloring book as a digital product. I haven't looked into that. For the most part, though, you're going to be focusing on creating a paperback book. Last week on episode 260, I talked about marketing your coloring book, and you really want to start the marketing process early. The, the sooner, the better, especially if you have a clear idea of when you're publishing it, when the launch date is. Start as soon as possible. Don't wait till the book is out. So I hope you've enjoyed this process. I hope you are enjoying creating an adult coloring book. And uh, I've tried to share with you some of my uh, best tips and practices for doing so. All right, part two, key takeaways. So I want to wrap up this mini series by emphasizing a couple of key points, uh, starting with one that I already talked about, that marketing is an ongoing process. Marketing your book, whether it's a coloring book or a traditional book, start early, but it's going to be a continuing process. We launched Corporate Cliches in December 2016. And yes, we do focus mostly on the uh, Christmas holiday season. However, I market the book year round, whether it's through paid advertising or through just regular social media posts. If you follow me on Twitter, 
you'll see that I regularly will tweet out cliches with uh, coloring book images just to remind people that we have this great, uh, great product that's out there. And I also tout it not just as a, a great holiday gift, but a great office warming gift, which is an all year round type of occasion. So marketing is an ongoing process. Don't just limit it to the day or the week or the month that you launch your book. Continue letting people know, letting your audience know, letting your followers know that you have a coloring book out there. Revisit your marketing, and I, I'm going to let you in on a, a little secret when it comes to social media content. It's okay to reuse and recycle content. I, and if, in fact, I got into a discussion um, uh, with a friend of mine about this not too long ago, and he was saying, you know, it's so hard to create new content every week. And yes, it is a challenge. You do want to keep the content fresh, but it's okay to recycle and reuse content, especially on a platform like Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that most of my coloring book posts recycle. And and you know, if you follow me closely, you'll see that I, I tend to reuse a lot of those uh, posts uh, every couple of weeks or every couple of months. Same thing with the holiday content. A lot of the videos that I created several years ago, I just repost every year during the holidays. So they're not new videos. If you scroll down my Instagram uh, feed and uh, you will see th those same videos from a year or two years ago. But the fact of the matter is it's okay because you are capturing the attention of new followers. We're reminding people who've been following you that you have this uh, book out there. So it's okay to recycle and reuse content. Don't feel like you've got to reinvent the wheel every week because that can get very cumbersome, especially if you're doing your own social media marketing. Do niche and attach to holidays. I think that's a great way to get the word out on your coloring book. Today is Halloween, so maybe you've created a coloring book that has um, Halloween-specific themes to them or images that are relevant to Halloween. Do take advantage of that. So for corporate cliches, we we really focus heavily on the holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving, running all the way through the end of December. We we really promote it as the perfect white uh, elephant office party stocking stuffer. But we we also promote it throughout the year as a general office warming gift or just as a fun gift to give. So think about specific niches, specific themes, specific holidays to attach your book to. All right, you can find the write-up at bemovingforward.com. Part three, The Gunslinger. The, it's the first book in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. I give it two and a half stars. This was not my favorite Stephen King book. It's more on the fantasy side. It's trippy. There's a lot of dream sequences and a lot of uh, kind of ethereal uh, images in this book. It really felt like looking at an abstract painting. But King is always great when it comes to character development. It's just that this book didn't grab me. It didn't enthrall me like so many other Stephen King books. I am going to read the sequels as I, as so many consider The Dark Tower uh, to be his magnum opus. And I hear that the books get better and better. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, but for this one, this one, uh, not my favorite I did enjoy bits and pieces of it. All right, I'll be back starting next week. We're going to kick off our last mini series of this year. So that's going to take us into October, I mean, November, December. Have a great Halloween. And remember, always be moving forward.